Thank you for listening to this message from Resurrection Life Church in Granville, Michigan. We're going to have a fun night. Is anyone having fun? Does anybody like all the glow fun stuff? I see a lot of glowing out there, a lot of neon. It's fun. It's be, I don't know how the idea actually came about for Neon Night, but it was a good idea. But as I was thinking about it as it came out, it got me thinking about some words of Jesus. And Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. It says, You are the light of the world, the city set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand and give light to all the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. And I got thinking about this idea of being a light and how much effect light has. Does most everyone have something that glows? Okay. Can you go ahead and kill the lights for a minute? If you've got something that glows, if you can lift it high, lift it high. If it's going to choke you, lift it high. Don't choke yourself. But the lights are off. Lights are almost all the way off. There's a couple lights that don't want to go off, but they're stuck. But you guys see how much light there is just from all of your glowing things? It's so beautiful. All right. Awesome. Thank you. You can turn the lights um, back on a little bit. I, I, was, I was thinking about this concept of light. Does anyone know from what distance you can see the light from a flickering candle? If, um, if you are on a hill, you have to be elevated because the curvature of the earth only allows you to see about 3.1 miles straight. But if you are elevated so that you could see a greater distance, they say that you could see the flicker of a candle for up to 30 miles away. That's a distance. I'm like, that is a serious distance. And he goes, you are supposed to be like a light, like a city on a hill. And the thing that sets apart the city on the hill from the one on the plain is on the plain, there's the curvature of the earth. You can only see it for a few miles away. But you get that one that's set up high, that's set apart from everything else. And for miles and miles and miles, you can see the light of that city. That city shines its light everywhere. And Jesus says, we are supposed to be a light that can be seen for miles. I go, well, what does it look like to be a light? And I got thinking about this. In John 13, 35, he says, By this all people will know that you're my disciples. If you have love for one another. And he goes on in, in uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 20. It lets us know that we are Christ's ambassadors. He goes, people are supposed to see me when they look at you. He goes, you're supposed to be different. Because if you're the same... You blend in. The fun thing about neon is neon doesn't blend in. Like, where does neon blend in? Neon. Only on neon night. Like, <laughs> it's the only time that neon is ever normal. Otherwise, you go places and it's like, hello. Like, you just like see all the people, 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 boom. And you're like, hello, you're wearing neon. It's a big look at me sign. And it's just kind of the way it is. And he goes, you're supposed to stand out. You're supposed to be bright. You're supposed to have something that people can see. And as I was thinking about this, I asked this question. It's like, well, if we're supposed to be different, if we're supposed to be a light, what do people see in you? 
Can people see anything different in you or do you just blend right in? And I got thinking and I started asking myself this question going, well, if I'm supposed to be bright, if I'm supposed to be a city on a hill, what can people see? Because a lot of Christians or so-called Christians look exactly like the world. I had a conversation with a girl named Karen, um, and uh, she, she's talking with me, and I was talking about just the way that I lived, and she's talking about some of the ways that she lived, which weren't so good, and she kind of noted some of the differences, and she's like, you know, it's not like God actually expects us to do all that stuff that the Bible says, does he? And like she says this, and then she questioned herself as she kind of probably saw the shock look on my face, like, duh. No, he just told you to do it because he was bored. It's like, no, honestly, like, he told you to do it because he wants you to do it. And this whole concept that Christianity was actually supposed to affect the way that she lived and not just be like a thing that she punched off, a little thing that when she was, you know, asked what her religious or her belief preference was, she could go, I'm a Christian. Like, she, when she realized, she's like, wait a second, you mean that it's actually supposed to affect me? Absolutely. And it was really cool because that, that, that job where I knew Karen, I got to let my light shine. And so many of the different people there, they just talked to me. And as they were talking to me, they realized that I didn't do the things that they did. It wasn't me walking around going, you're evil. <laughs> yep, you're going to burn in hell for what you did this weekend. It's going to be bad. It's going to be rough. I hope you're ready. Like, no, there's none of that. But as, as they, they sit there and they're like, you know, hey, so what'd you do? I'm like, oh, I went to church and it was awesome. I'm like, well, what'd you do? And they're like, dude, God's so wasted. I don't even remember what I did. I'm like, oh. <laughs> what do you remember? Puking in the toilet in the morning. <laughs> Swell. All you remember from your weekend is puking over the toilet. I call that the flu. I call it a bad one. <laughs> but like, they had this, you know, just as I didn't, I didn't give them too much of a hard time. I didn't look at them and go, it's the flu. But I just, okay. And they go, well, you know, oh, I did this and God is awesome and God healed this person and this is what God's doing. And, and I was excited about things and they begin to see things that were different and they begin to question me. In fact, at first they kind of gave me a hard time because they thought I'm just missing out because I wasn't drinking and partying and sleeping around. And they gave me a hard time for a while. And then after a while, they had problems. And when they had problems... They're like, you know, we've seen something different in you. So they, they talk to each other. They're just going, hey, you know, this is fun. They're partying, drinking, sleeping around, doing all these different things. And then they have a problem. They come up to me. They're like, hey, could, could you pray for me? Like, my life's kind of a mess right now. I'm not sure. I think I'm going to lose my apartment. I don't know where I'm going to go. Or you know what? This guy broke up with me. Or hey, I don't know. And they just, whatever the problem was, it was, it was kind of crazy because at first, they picked on me because they saw something different. And then they realized that they wanted something that I had. Because their world was constantly going up and down because sin isn't very stable. And they saw something in me and were like, hey, can I want what you have. And they saw this light. And they recognized it was different. See, light and darkness can't really be brought together. You can't turn a light on, grab darkness, and bring it up to the light bulb. 
It's not that you can go, hey, dark, I want you to introduce you to my friend, light. Um, come here, let's go up to the light bulb. Like, you guys realize that that's absurd. You know, well, because darkness is actually not the opposite of light, it's the absence of light. And you go, you can't bring them together. In 2 Corinthians 6, 14, it says, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness Righteousness with lawlessness, or what fellowship has light with darkness? And he goes, and he goes, you can't have close fellowship between light and dark. Several times throughout Jesus' teaching, he sits here and goes, you can only have one master. And he goes, you're living for something. Are you living to please me and to let my light shine through you? Or are you living to please yourself? He goes, don't be deceived. If you merely hear the words, James 1.22 goes through and says, if you don't deceive yourself and merely hear the word, be a doer also. But if you just hear the word and don't do it, he goes, you might feel better about yourself, but it's just a trick. He goes, you're supposed to be a light. People should see it. They should see it in how you treat your family. They should see it in how you treat your waiter. I don't know how many of you guys have ever seen a waiter mistreated. Um, probably all of you have been to a restaurant that had a waiter. Um, it, it's kind of a, a frequent thing that people will come through and be rude. And it's very easy sometimes to forget that they're people. It's to be like, they're just the per- they're just, they just bring food. It's like, it's like my computer. When I get mad at it, I want to beat it and throw it out the window. And that's a bad idea. It's not good for it. But it's, it's easy to look and to think, well, just about what I need. But he goes, do you show people my love? Can the people that encounter you see me? Because I have watched waiters that became interested in Jesus because of customers. And I've seen waiters that were no longer interested in Jesus because of the people who came who claimed to know Jesus. And all of a sudden you think and you go, well, am I... The city set on a hill that shines God's light, that shines a life that honors him. Or am I a dark spot that hides the light that's supposed to be shining through me? And as I was thinking about this, I was actually, I was getting ready for tonight. And can you put up this next picture? And I set something up in my office, which was kind of a fail, but this was my glorification station. Um, you realize that there's a lot of things that glow. And when they, in order to glow, they have to soak up light. And so I was trying to get all of these glasses to soak up light, which they didn't get to soak up enough. So I went and found a 300 watt light bulb, which is very bright and very hot. And I set it up and tried to spread them all out around it and turn it on because I remembered being a little kid. And when I was a little kid, I had this little dinosaur that was about this big that glowed in the dark, but it would only glow in the dark for a little while. And then I have to turn on my lamp and I would like hold it up next to my lamp for as long as I had patience. It probably wasn't that long. And then quick, you like shut off the lamp and you'll like hold it underneath the covers where it's the darkest and my little dinosaur would glow for a couple minutes and then it would run out. And I have to stick it back by the light and then it would glow for a few minutes. And I stuck these by the light and discovered it was the wrong kind of light. 
And so they just barely glowed. But I stuck it by the black light in the back of the room for just a few minutes, and then all of a sudden, it glowed. And I got thinking about this going, if I want God's light to shine through me, if I want to be a city set on a hill with his light, I need a personal glorification station. (laughs) Because how am I supposed to shine his light if I'm not around his light? Because it's very easy, at least for me, I, I, I like lines, rules, winning. Um, <laughs> just the way my brain functions. So it's easy to try to go, what are the rules, what's the goal, and try to do it on my own. But I've realized something. On my own, I am nice to a point. <laughs> On my own, I have a tendency to get very short with people that are annoying, or when I'm really hungry, really tired, and especially if I'm both. Um, And I just discovered that on my own, it, it just, it only goes so far. But if I want to shine, I need to soak up God's light. John chapter eight, verse 12, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And I wanted to ask all of you guys going, do you have his light shining through you? Or are you a pair of uncharged glow-in-the-dark glasses? Do you have great potential in going nowhere? (laughs) That's so random. (laughs) 1 John 1.5. This is the message which we have heard from him and declared to you. That God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. And I got thinking about this going, how much light shines through me. And then I realized something. It's really hardly shining through you. It's kind of a lot like the moon. Um, Anyone ever go outside on a full moon? It's cool. In fact, I've got a picture of a full moon. Uh, And I, I I was thinking about this, and I tried to find a picture like one that I wish I would have taken. Uh, years ago, I went rollerblading at midnight on a full moon. Um, it's a lot of fun. A friend and I, the moon was so bright, it cast shadows all across the trail. It looked like we were under the world's largest disco ball. Like it was really, really cool. And I was like, all right, so I'm looking for a picture of these shadows from the moon. And to realize the moon is a long ways away. And yet it's so bright that it, class, that it can cast clear and distinct shadows. But did you know that the moon doesn't actually emit any light? So some people are testing their smartness. They're like, look at that. I know the answer. I know the answer. You're right. Um, the moon is actually a very poor reflector. 
it reflects about 12% of the light that it receives. According to the website that I was reading, um, <laughs> I, I, am, I am not all-knowing in and of myself, but even at reflecting 12% of the light that it receives, it shines so bright that many, 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 many miles from the moon, we see it clearly that it can cast shadows. And I was thinking about this going, you know, we're supposed to be like that. We're supposed to be this like reflector that's aimed at God. And the more time that we spend with God, the more of his light hits us. And it's not supposed to just like hit us to be our own private warm fuzzies. It's supposed to hit us and to shine off of us by the way that we live and by the way that we interact with people, by the way that we talk to them. And it's supposed to show God's love everywhere that we go. And then I was, I was looking at it and there was this verse in Psalm 17 verse 15 that, uh, that spoke to me a long time ago. I read it in the New King James. It says, for me, I will see your face in righteousness and I shall be satisfied when I awake in your likeness. He goes, I'm going to look at you because only when I look at you can I become like you. And I will be satisfied or I will not be satisfied until, he goes, I will be satisfied when. So not until then, until I look like you, until I reflect you clearly. And I got thinking about that as we're glowing, going, all right, how clearly do I reflect him? How clearly do you reflect him? Are you a light? Or do you just try to check some stuff off to make yourself feel better about yourself? Is God's light shining in you. And if you're here and say, no, I, I'm not very bright. Maybe I'm not shining at all. I don't have a relationship with God. Maybe you believe in him. Maybe you know all about him, but you don't live for God. And anyone who sees you doesn't think there's someone who follows Jesus. They think there's someone who just does whatever they want. There's someone who lives for themselves. If you're here and say, you know what? I don't, I want to. I want to start living for God. I want to begin to reflect him. I want his will to be done in my life. I want to change in me. I want to begin to glow. I want to begin to shine. I want to be the city set on a hill. If you want that tonight, I'm going to give you a chance to make a decision to declare him to be Lord and to begin to let God's light shine through you. Can everyone bow their heads and close their eyes? If you're here and say, that's me, I want to declare God to be my Lord. I want to begin to let his light and his life shine through me. And when I count to three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. Get ready. One, two, three. Raise up your hands nice and high. So that's me. Awesome. I see your hand. I see your hand. And I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. Who else is that's me? I want to make God the Lord of my life. Awesome. I see your hand as well. Hi. You can put your hands down. If you raised your hand, uh, we're going to call on God's name. In fact, if you, if you didn't, go ahead and join us if you've already made that decision before. As we declare God to be Lord of our lives. So just go ahead and repeat after me. Say, God, I'm sorry for the wrong things I've done. I believe that you died and rose again. Thank you for washing my sins away. I want to live for you every day. 
I make you the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen.